Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of his word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, experts in engaging children with the word of God. Together, we will make sure that you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Hey guys, welcome to episode 84 of the You Can Tell the Children podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Steidler, and I am so happy to bring you today's topic on control. Do you ever feel anger rising, anxiety overtaking, fear overwhelming? Well, our guest today, Shannon Popkin, talks about how the root of these emotions may come from our tendency to want control. We all want to do everything we can to ensure our happy ending pans out for us and our loved ones. But how easy is it to forget that God is in control of these things? And we are not. And it's actually a really good thing. Today's episode will have you nodding your head in agreement, laughing, and being reminded that surrendering control to the Lord allows for his peace and joy flood our lives and our homes. His plan for us is way better than our own, but that's so much easier to say than it is to truly believe. Following this conversation, be sure to swing over to our website for the show notes, where everything mentioned will be linked for you, including the books, Harrison Girl and Control Girl. Go to Bible2School.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com and click on the resources tab. What's your favorite way to talk about the gospel? At Bible to School, We make it super easy and fun to share Jesus. And one way to do this is with our CBA cross, which is available to you for free. Also on our website under the resources tab. Go check it out. Are you ready to hear about the one thing you can control? Lean in as we head over to Shannon and Lee's conversation now. Well, Shannon, welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Lee. It's so fun when my friends get to meet my friends. And Shannon, you and I are very good friends. Yes, we are. It's always a joy to talk with you about, you know, things that matter. All kinds of things that matter. And our hearts are so similar. We're actually working on a book together right now, which is fun. Um, But for our friends who are listening who don't know you, could you introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. Yeah. My name is Shannon Popkin. I live in Michigan. I've been married about 26 years and we've got three young adult kids. But before all of that, I was a teacher. I was an elementary school teacher, and I was really involved in children's ministry for many years. I taught Sunday school, and I did a lot with music. I taught children's choirs, um, and then kind of segued into women's ministry about maybe seven or eight years ago. So I love, I love kids, though. I love children's ministry. It's one of my favorite things. It is, and you're a Bible teacher. You've written at this point, several Bible studies now, but a couple that our friends might've heard of control girl was your first one. And then comparison girl was your second. And Shannon, when you hear control girl and comparison girl, those are like two things that I don't know that any woman who's listening wants to be called. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It was sort of a, like the Lord was shining a spotlight on my heart and showing me some things that he wanted to work on with me. And I just said, well, maybe there are others who we can we can do this work together. <laughs> well, actually, I read Comparison Girl first and I was like, I didn't think I was a comparison girl until I read the book. 
But Control Girl is the same way. And that's really where I wanted to dial in today, Shannon, was to have a conversation about how we can have controlling tendencies that we don't even identify as controlling, not only in our homes, but sometimes in our ministries as well. So Shannon, talk about when God first like highlighted the area of control in your life. Yeah, I think it was in my family, more behind closed doors. (laughs) I was, I wanted us to be an exceptional family. I wanted us to have high standards and produce amazing kids. And I just, I was pumping so much pressure into our home. I was trying to control it all and I was getting really angry. So, I mean, I was really aware of my anger issues. I was ashamed of my anger. I was embarrassed about it. I was praying about it, reading books and asking friends to hold me accountable. But I I didn't really connect anger and control until I was listening to the radio one day and and Dee Breston's on the radio. She's talking about these sins that, you know, they're like dashboard indicator sins. Like we can see them, we recognize them. So she's mentioning the sin of anger. You know, we're all aware when we're getting angry, but she tied it to this underlying core issue with control. And that was the first time I'd ever tied those two together. So I realized like, oh my goodness, I'm getting angry because I'm trying to control it all. I'm trying to like white knuckle my way through life and and manage all of these contingencies to produce this happy ending that I've got all figured out in my head. And I'm getting mad because I don't actually have control. So that was like this, this light bulb moment for me. So, you know, our listeners might be thinking, okay, I don't have any anger issues, but it can come out in other ways. So control can be this, this deep-seated issue that, that sometimes our dashboard indicators are anger, anxiety, fear, perfectionism. Basically, all those negative emotions can, can often be tied to this desire that we have for control. Okay. But Shannon, it's one thing if we're sitting here and we are beginning to feel that little prickle of me too. I have anger show up or I have anxiety about certain things. When we begin to identify that that may be under the surface, how do we begin to changes in that area or let God begin to open up that area? Yeah, maybe I could just share a story that would kind of give some insight. So I remember a day that my my son was completely really bad behavior. I don't remember exactly what he was doing, but I just blew up at him. You know, I was just like, ah, like just really, really angry, loud voice. And right at that moment, I heard there was a little knock on the door. And it was like, I remembered that he had some friends who were coming to pick him up. And I thought, oh my goodness, the other mom is right on the other side of the door. And she has just heard all of this. And so what I did was I got on my knees and I looked into his eyes and just like kind of mouthed, I'm sorry. And he nodded at me like this was, you know, this was our way of handling it. And then we opened the door and we pretended like nothing had happened. And I said, oh, hi, how are you? It's so great to see you. And I hoped with all of my heart that this woman hadn't heard that she didn't know. So that's not how to handle it, Lee. (laughs) That's exactly, I think what we don't do is hide it, try to cover over it, maybe some quick apologies. I mean, I think apologies, those are good. That's a a start at least. But 
you know, what, what I think would have been more helpful to my kids and to myself is to open that door and say, you know what, I'm so sorry that you probably observed that we're going to have to work through a few things right now. Can I drop him off? You know, I mean, looking back, I think I was just, I was pumping so much pressure, like I said, into our home, trying to be perfect, trying to produce this perfect looking family. When really my anger issues, it was something that, you know, I just need to be real about it. I needed to be vulnerable about it. I needed to stop trying to perform and project this perfect image and instead just be like honest about, okay, here's what's going on. And I think once I did start doing that, once I started being real about what the problems actually were, I mean, I didn't, I didn't go public with my anger or anything like that, but I think just inviting vulnerability and before the Lord and before other people, that was really some of the, I think when I started dealing with that underlying desire for control and trying to project this perfect image, that was when the chain started breaking and we were able to really work through, okay, what's going on here? Um, and so really, I think the, it involves humility and surrender. Um, if, if we're looking at a problem with control and we want to do something about it, the reversal of that is surrender because control is actually me taking everything into my own hands. Surrender is me opening my hands before the Lord. Well, if there has been anything that stirs up control issues in me, it has to do with my children, how they treat me and perform in my home, but also how people treat my children. Oh, yeah. Um, Shannon, like sending my kids to school brought up all kinds of control issues. Did mm -hmm. you find that too? Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, I had lots of interactions with teachers and leaders that I'm, you know, embarrassed about looking back, I was trying to control things and, and really ultimately whether our kids are being schooled right under our nose or somewhere, you know, miles away, we ultimately don't have control. I think as moms and as those who love children, we've got to recognize that, right? You know, we say God is in control like Christians, we're, we're really good at saying, yeah, God's in control. This isn't, this is out of my hands. Like I know I've got to trust him with it. But if we look at our behavior, there's often a disconnect between what we say and how we we're actually living. We're living as though we're the ones who are in control. So when we're getting in the face of our teachers and we're marching down to the principal's office every five minutes, clearly there are times that we need to go to the principal or to the teacher. I'm not saying that None of those are uh, appropriate, but a lot of times we are trying to control what we cannot control. Ultimately, we're trying to play God, aren't we? And nobody who plays God does a very good job of it. Yeah. You know, Shannon, when it first came to a head for me, it was when I began praying with moms in prayer. And I knew that at conferences, I wanted to tell the teachers that I was praying for them, praying mm. for our kids and the kids in their classroom. And that was just like something that I knew that I wanted to articulate when conferences came around. And so it was so funny because the Lord just like flipped a switch in the middle of the very first parent teacher conference I had was, if you're going to tell them that you're praying for them, then that means you're going to be held accountable for your actions towards them. But it was like in that moment that I said, I want to be for you. So if there's a way that I can do that better, then let me know. That was like a moment, Shannon, this like line in the sand that I was not, I was going to be for that teacher, not against that teacher, unless, you know, 
push came to shove or there was something humongous that I needed to address an issue. And, you know, of course, we're going to find those periodically. But for the most part, I was going to be committed to being on her side. And that's been a huge, huge commitment over the course of four children. Now you have three children. So over the course of the years to stay pro teacher, pro school, anything else means that I've had a lot of opportunity to surrender that teacher, that scenario to the Lord in prayer. But Shannon, one of the things I know you have a heart for is sharing the gospel with kids. And this is an area where you can't control either. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. Why did Jesus have to die if he didn't do anything wrong? As we talk with our children about God being in control, there's no better example than Jesus's life, death, and resurrection. From the very beginning, God knew we would need a savior, someone who could perfectly keep his law. We certainly can't. In his perfect timing, he sent Jesus the only person who could perfectly fulfill God's law to save us. What a comfort it is to know our God had a plan for us that was perfectly followed through Jesus. If God can control the life, death, and resurrection of his son, there's nothing he can't do. Can I go back and say something though about being pro-teacher? I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. One of my kids had a problem with reversals. So he wrote his threes and his sixes and nines backward and He wrote lots of his letters backward, but especially in math, his teacher was circling every reversed number and putting minus two. So as you can imagine, his math papers were covered with red ink and she couldn't see why they were red to him. The numbers looked right, you know, and he was getting the answers right. He just was writing them incorrectly. So I think like, I like you, I love that, that word of being pro teacher. And I always did try to be pro, you know, as a mom who was in the classroom supporting our teachers. But I think sometimes like we want to be pro kid too, you know, and go advocate for our kids. So trying to do that, you know, in a way now I probably did cross the line with this particular teacher. I was a young mom and this was making me so frustrated because like, I don't know, I don't want to, I had read research that showed that reversals kind of take care of themselves. And with this child, they did, in fact, take care of themselves. It wasn't something that circling the numbers on his paper was going to really help with. So I went in and I talked, I tried to be reasonable. You know, I tried to reason with this teacher and we came up with a plan. But ultimately, you know, Lee, what happened that year with those reversals and with all that red ink was my son, my first grader, got really turned off to school. His heart was dead set against school. He hated school. He dreaded it. He didn't. And he's a pretty stubborn kid. (laughs) And so what happened that year, like we really took a lot of baggage out of that year. And it took literally years for that to reverse itself. And I had then years to work through like my frustration with this teacher that I was trying to be pro teacher. I was trying to, you know, work things out reasonably. This did not seem reasonable to me. But you know, what I had to ultimately come to was (laughs) here he is in first grade and I'm projecting out, well, this is going to affect him in, you know, middle school and then high school and then college and his career. Like everything is unraveling here in first grade. (laughs) All of my plans (laughs) completely upended here in first grade. And what am I going to do with that? I think as moms and as teachers, as those who love children, we have to go all the way to that happy ending that we've created in our minds. 
and trust that, you know what, God has control of that. He is ultimately doing things in my child's life, in the lives of these kids that I love. He's doing things that I I can't control. And sometimes those things are negative. Sometimes those things are hard. Sometimes God wants something for my kid that I would never choose for them, like reversals or like learning disabilities or like, you know, abuse. I taught Sunday school and there were kids in my, in my class that there, there were horrible things going on in their homes. And none of that is anything I would have ever chosen for them. And I, I would have loved to have stepped in and made everything perfect for them. And yet I, what I know about God is that he not only wants to be my God, he wants to be the God of every single one of these kids that we love. And he has ways of proving himself to them a lot of times through difficult situations. If I could just share what, can I share one more story? Totally. I just got um, a Facebook message from a little, a, a grown woman now on Sunday. And she was, she was just calling attention to the fact that she doesn't have any happy memories from her childhood. It was a really dark childhood. She was taken away from her mom. There were different men living in her home and it was a very dark time in her life. Most of the time she lived with her grandma, but she was in my Sunday school class because her grandma brought her to Sunday school. And you know what she remembers? You know how she remembers being loved is coming to church and having me give her a hug and know her name and give her stickers when she learned her verse. Like that's she that's what she remembered. And ultimately I had a little a little party for their class. They had earned enough stickers or whatever. They had a party at my house on a Saturday. And then in the afternoon, we just sat in a circle in the basement and I shared a little devotional with them and I presented the gospel. And she she was sharing on Facebook. She's like, I was this shy little girl, but when she asked if I wanted Jesus, I raised my hand and I accepted Christ that day. And she said she went home and told her little sister about it and her sister wanted in on it too. And so grandma got to pray with her sister and her. It's this beautiful story. And that's what she remembered. And you know what, Lee? All I did, I did not, I couldn't take care of the darkness. I couldn't Mm -hmm. take care of her home life. All I could do was give her a hug and give her a sticker and invite her over on a Saturday. And look how God loved her just through the faithfulness of showing up. I just want to encourage, you know, those women and men who are listening, they're just showing up there. You know, they feel like, oh, there's so much darkness. There's so little I can do. And yet God can use the faithfulness of a teacher who just gives a hug and gives a sticker. That's such hope, Shannon. So much hope. Because there are a lot of times where we plan lessons, we worked real hard to like set the table for the very best time. The crafts <laughs> are amazing. And then it goes, the kids show up and then the kids right. show up. <laughs> and it does not go anything like we think it's going to. I've had those days. Like, mm-hmm. and it is easy to just lose all joy in the service. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that's what God wants from us. No. You know, I often talk about having a hold and fold response. So like if you can picture, I'll divide all of life into one category. Category one is what I can control. Category two is what I cannot control. And so the way that I respond to those two categories is I hold control of what I can control. And then I fold my hands and surrender everything I can't control. And so Ultimately, Lee, what is the one thing, one person that I can control? Me, you, 
me, myself, right? Right. (laughs) I can't ultimately, I can't control these kids. I can't control the outcomes. I can't control the circumstances. I can't control how it all turns out, but I can control myself and control girls. As I call them, we often do exactly the opposite. We try to control the things that we cannot control, you know, like all the mass chaos. And then we end up losing control of ourselves, like with anger or with anxiety, with frustration, with perfectionism, like going, we, we lose control of the one person that we can't control. And so mm. I, I think that we have to just in our minds segment out, okay, what can I control? I can go in with a plan. I can go in with my crafts ready to go. I can go in with a heart that is ready to serve, but can I ultimately control all the outcomes? There may be days when the craft goes amazing, when the story, when they're quiet and they get it all. And when a little girl raises her hand and says, I want Jesus in my life, like there may be days like that, but that's really not ours to manage. We just have to manage ourselves and and steward well the opportunities that God has given us. But I think, you know, God wants us to know he is God and we are not. When we're keeping, holding that high, it allows us to just relax a little bit about the outcomes. (laughs) I know this hasn't been easy for you because we are good friends. I know that when it comes to ministry and wanting to control outcomes, that that's easy. When your heart is in something, especially something as critical as salvation issues when it comes to kids, which is why people are volunteering with Bible school. That's why we're here is so that kids get saved. Shannon, when the stakes are this high, how do we handle when we have no control there? Right. Well, I think that's probably one of the biggest struggles that I have had, especially as a mom. I remember one time I was sharing the gospel with my kids. I was really intentional about that when they were young, because like you said, the stakes are so high. I wanted them to know the truth of all the kids I've ever served. My kids, like like I wanted each one of them, you know, to respond to the gospel. And so one day I'm sharing the gospel with them and my youngest must've been like maybe four years old and the dog was distracting everybody. And he was giggling because the dog was, you know, rolling around or whatever, right in the middle of my gospel presentation. And I got mad. I got mad at them. And I, I said, all right, I want everybody to go to the basement. And I turned the lights out and I lit a candle and Lee, I took my little boy's hand and I held it over the flame until it got uncomfortably hot. And I said, oh, you know, yeah, that feels warm a little bit. Oh, well, that's nothing compared to the fire of hell. (laughs) Yeah, not my finest moment, right? (laughs) I mean, what I was trying to do in that moment influenced my kids for the sake of the gospel. But you know what the outcome was instead? My kids thought their mommy had lost it. (laughs) They thought they all three of my kids, when I was writing my book, Control Girl, and I said, hey, is there anything that you remember like a time where mom was being super controlling? All three of them brought up that instance. They were like, we thought you were crazy, mom. (laughs) And so here I am. I've lost influence with my kids. And that's what I want us to, to just hold on to is, you know, you can you can go after your kids and after salvation to the extent that you actually lose influence in your life. When you try to pretend as though you're God and you're trying to produce this outcome, your kids get a sense of that. All of them, the ones that you serve in Bible school or the ones that you serve in your home or your church. Here's the truth. What we get to do is an amazing opportunity. We get to present truth to kids. 
but do we get to choose for them? We don't. If we could, we'd be God, right? We would be the ones. It, here's what ultimately helps me is to ask the question, what if I was in control? What if it was up to me to get my little child's hand into the hand of God? Like, what if it was up to me to teach him, to influence him, to make him listen? Well, what kind of controlling flame lighting mother would I become <laughs> at that point? I think it's a good thing that it's not up to me. It's a good thing that God reminds me he is God. I am not. Because when I try to, like I, like I said before, when I try to play God, it just brings out all the worst behaviors in me. You know, I become angry, overbearing. I dig my heels in. But when I can recognize that God is God, I am not, it allows me to open my hands and surrender to him. And that's where the peace comes. That's where the security comes. That's where the joy comes is recognizing, you know what? God is God and he's got this. I don't have this. He has this in his hands. You know, it's so funny, Shan, that what comes to mind is that peace comes in light of trust, mm, not, yeah. not in striving. Like there's no yes. peace striving. And when it comes down to matters like salvation issues, or if we have done our best to, to set the table for mm-hmm. a incredible lesson for them, or we've done the work of studying when we get there at the end of the day, if we do not trust that God has this under control, then the pressure is on us to perform. Right. But this is never going to have been about us. Like he has been in the process, God's word says, of calling them before the foundation of the earth, you know, to be holy and blameless in their sight. Like he's the one working salvation in them. We somehow mistake that and turn that inside out and think that we're in control. Then we begin to put pressure on things that were never ours to not only control, but to wear the weight of that. And so, yes, prepare. I remember, I think God had that lesson in mind for me when that little boy that I held his hand over the candle, when he actually did respond to the gospel, we were, we were going through a gospel, a resource, a gospel resource. We were going through a little booklet with our kids and we were on the last lesson. My husband was, you know, leading this and I remember my son, you know, blurted out and said, you know, tonight, could tonight be the night that I prayed to to the Lord Jesus? And my husband didn't hear him correctly. And he's like, no, stop interrupting daddy. We're going to, we have to get through this lesson. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know. So then at the end of the lesson, again, my son said, well, now could I pray to the Lord Jesus uh, and ask him to forgive my sins? And again, my husband, I don't know if he didn't hear it. He, he just thought, you know, I mean, it had been a, a chaotic night as they are. <laughs> and my and uh, my husband was about to say no I told you go up and brush your teeth and and get ready for bed and I said did you hear him he hadn't heard him correctly and so of course my husband <laughs> did want my son to respond to the gospel but here's what my son said he said I want you and daddy to go in the office and talk loud so you can't hear me and I will talk to the Lord Jesus out here in the living room he didn't want us in the room <laughs> And so eventually, you know, we did what he asked and we came, he called us, we came out and we said, so, you know, what happened? And he said, well, I prayed to the Lord Jesus and I told him like, I don't know everything. Here's what I know is that I have a black heart. I think this is language that his Sunday school teacher had given him. I have a black heart and I want God to wash me clean. And so this happened, Lee, without me in the room, without my husband even inviting it that night, without all of the situation. 
everything was stacked against this happening. And yet this was God's plan. This was God doing a work in my son's heart. I think, you know, we can trust him. We can trust the Lord to compel our children to respond to the gospel. Our job is just to toss out the seeds, let them see the truth, let them hear the good news. But God's, God's work is allowing them to respond. Such a good word, Shaman. Well, as we close up our time together here, I wonder if you would pray for our friends who are listening, especially the ones that are working with students, because they have a burden for children to know the truth of God's word and Jesus as Lord. Yes, I would be so happy to. Lord Jesus, we love you and we do want to serve you with every opportunity we're we're given. And I pray for the men and women listening who faithfully show up and serve children and serve you. Lord, I pray that they would be faithful. I pray that they would prepare and that they would gather their supplies and they'd show up with a a willing, cheerful heart. But then I pray that they would lay the results at your feet on your altar. Pray that they would be able to trust you and, and recognize that you are God and we are not. We're just so honored, though, that we get to serve you, that we get to be part of this great gospel mission that you've given all of us. Pray that we would do our part well, but surrender control ultimately to you. Lord, I I pray for the children that our lives overlap with. Would you open their eyes? Would you allow them to see? Would you give them eyes to see and ears to hear the good news of the gospel that we can't clean ourselves up? We can't get rid of sin, but you have sent Jesus and his blood can wash each of us clean. Lord, we, we're so grateful for this great story that the Bible tells. And we're so thankful for Jesus. We praise his name today. And we just pray for the multiplication of children coming into the church. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. God is God and I am not. Can I get an amen on this one? What a gentle reminder Shannon gives us on this topic of control. She's so right. When I try to play God, it brings out the worst in me. When I recognize that God is the one in control, it frees me to open my hands, surrender to him, and then inflows his peace and joy. Doesn't it help to know that the only thing you can completely control is yourself? I love Shannon's hold and fold method. And I wonder if you would join me in adding this routine of folding what you can and folding what you can't to your morning quiet time. I'd also love to invite you to like and follow Bible to school on Instagram and Facebook and check us out over on Pinterest. Let us walk beside you in this journey of telling the kids in your life about Jesus. Join us here next week to hear from a young entrepreneur who creatively joins together Legos and Bible stories. You won't want to miss this episode until then start thinking spring. And remember you can tell the children about Jesus.